message titled, uh, The Witness with Power. The Witness with Power. We are his witnesses. You can read in Isaiah, God himself said, you are my witnesses. And you see, there can never be a witness of the Lord God that will not go out with power. It's not possible. When you step out in the name of the Lord to be his witness, if you are God's witness, you have power going along with you. And the power will manifest itself in your life. There is power in being a witness for the Lord Jesus. There is power that goes with it. I am excited right now because we're leaving for Nigeria very shortly. And, and, and I can already see the power of God at work. I can already see people coming to the Lord in large numbers. Because we are going to be in over 15 churches, possibly 20 and more. will be in every church. And I can already see them getting saved in all of these churches. I can see them being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking with other tongues. I can already visualize people who are... Demon worshippers, voodoo worshippers, which they worship, you know, with witch doctors. I can already see them abandoning all of those things and coming to the Lord because they are able to see the power of the Lord. I can already see those people healed. In my mind, I already know by the grace of God what I'm going to be doing as I get in the service. Nothing to prove, but because I'm a witness, the Lord Jesus is already with me and whatever I'm doing, He's following and He's ahead of me and the people are going to be healed. They will be healed. I know they will be healed and they will be healed in large number. I will give them time for testimony, but no witness goes before the Lord without power. If you read in Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, God said he will give his two last witnesses on the earth. Two powerful witnesses. And then God says, I'll give them power. Those witnesses will have power over the earth. They can cause droughts. The Bible says they will cause that they will cause pestilence to come on the earth. And if anyone tries to hurt, uh, hurt them, the Bible says fire will come out of their mouth and destroy those people. Those are the two last witnesses. There, there will be no witness of the Lord without power. But what good is a witness without power? And what good is power without a witness what good is it for you to have all the power and you are not a witness for the Lord it's no good every one of us is being called to be a witness for Christ a lot of Christians are looking at different things that they want there is nothing much the real thing is the power that is demonstrated when you become a witness for the Lord. I remember when I got saved, it was, I was seeing no power. All I saw was a, a kid who was really enthused with God. I mean, this kid, this guy, he was different from everybody that I've ever met. Now, I was wicked and had all, all of my friends were wicked. 
There was no good one around me. And we did our stuff, drinking and all of that. Smoking, I'm sure you won't believe I smoked. But I we smoked and we did all this stuff, doing crazy stuff. That was my life. And this fellow I met, I thought he came from another, maybe he was an angel, so he came from somewhere else. I couldn't tell. And uh, in those days, some, if you understand uh, my country, but we, we uh, go to what they call HSA. It's after high school. It's like a junior college. And then you can teach in high school. And I was teaching in high school. Now, over there, uh, the students, uh, they don't go to school in buses. Uh, the teachers, because we don't have cars, uh, they, they take us to school, you know. And the students have to walk to school. And I love that. Can <laughs> buy a car? He didn't pay us enough to buy a car. And over there, if you buy a car, you pay for it. If it's $15,000, if you don't come up with the $15,000, you are not going home with the car. So we have to bust the teachers to school. And this fellow was always with me. And that's why we need to be a witness for Christ. I saw this fellow. He was different. And he was constantly singing this song. I still remember this song to today. I know that heaven is mine. I know that heaven is mine. And I'm thinking, he's weird. <laughs> and I'm thinking, boy, how can anybody know that his heaven is his? The gospel was new to us then, you know. And I was saying, how can anybody? I thought you were supposed to just hope you made it. But this fellow thinks he knows he's going. And he sings, I know that heaven. And then the other teachers would say, shut up, Samuel. All of us are going to heaven. How do you know, by the way? How do you know you're going to heaven? I hope, I thought we, we were supposed to hope. He says, I don't care about you. I just know I'm going. And then they curse him out. And I was quiet. I was observing. Oh, my gosh. I thought that there was a holy man. And the rest of these guys are cursing him out. And now we'll get back to the staff room, you know. And all of us then get busy. We're ready to teach. We are the professors, you know. And then all of a sudden, I, I see this fellow going to the guy that's cursed him out. And he's doing business and laughing with him. And I'm thinking, he cannot be from this world. I'll kill that man and I'm not going to talk to him. How could he do this? And you know what was really funny? They, they, he, I live close to his house. What a marvel. <laughs> I live close to his house. So they pick him first. And then they pick me next. And I get to sit with the holy man in the front of the, the van. And he will be his earth man, you know. And I look, like, this guy is weird. And um, before long, when the boss, when he knows that the boss is full, he didn't have a good voice. That was the problem too. <laughs> Before you know, he goes, I know that heaven is mine. And the other teacher says, oh, he started again. He started again. Shut up, Samuel. They sir. But I admired him, even though I was wicked. I admired this fellow. I wanted to be like him. And then I made the mistake. Good mistake. You know, you can make good mistakes. I told the fellow, I really like to be like you. 
That was a mistake. He said, yes, good luck. You can be just like me. I said, uh-uh, uh-uh, let's not go there. You are an angel. I, I mean, you don't know how wicked this fellow is. I can't be like him. He said, yes, you can be like me. And from that day on, he started pursuing me. I mean, he pursued after me. I opened my door. There was Samuel standing. Could you go to church with me today? And I think to myself, hmm. Let me think about it. They said if you shake this preacher's hand, God, you will have some good luck on your life. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but if I go to church with him, this holy man, God will really bless me. Now, yes, Simon, just a minute. I'll get rest. And in those days, I used, you know, it was the days where they had this, this uh, platform shoes, remember? <laughs> Oh, you guys kept it on. <laughs> and I was skinny, man. I hadn't eaten American chicken then, you know. <laughs> I was real skinny. And I had my shoes. Good, nice afro. I have little left, you know. <laughs> and my pale button pants. And those huge belts, you know, they almost take all over your waist, you know. And I walk like this. Way tough guy. So I go to church with him. And they are praying in tongues. I said, whoa, I'm really in the midst of holy men. They even pray in tongues like the Bible. I feared that fellow. And pretty soon, I didn't know that I was getting converted. I just thought I was being nice to God's holy man. And then I got saved. Why? He was just sharing the gospel. Not being afraid. Sharing the gospel. The Bible tells us in uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. And ye shall receive power. What would you receive? power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So once you have received the Holy Spirit, you have received power. Whether you feel the power or not, God cannot lie. You received power after the Holy Spirit came on you. You have power. And then Jesus said, and you will be Witnesses. So why, what is the reason for the power? To be a witness. That's the reason, the only reason you were filled with the Holy Spirit is not to walk up to Brother John and say, Do you know I can speak in tongues? So what? You receive the Holy Spirit so that you can be a witness. Receive power to be a witness. Power to be a witness. That's the only reason for the power of the Holy Spirit. Not to walk, you know, so I got the Holy Ghost. For what? To be a witness. To share with people. To bring them to Christ. There is truly a hell. That's why I got saved after following that man to church. 
and they start talking about hell and describing the fires of hell, I decided, I don't think I want to go there. I don't want to go there. Before that, I used to just joke. And say, I would say things like, you know, James Brown will be there. You know James Brown? I feel good. I feel that you are not going to feel good in heaven. I mean in hell. So I decided, no matter, even if I have James Brown there, it's not going to be cool there. I said, I better run to the master. I don't think I want to stay there. And I ask questions like, will there come a day that God will let us out? No. Oh my gosh. You mean I will be in fire for the rest? He, I need this, your Jesus. Give him to me. I don't want to go there. It's true. There is a hell. And people will go in there. And you have the power. And you are the switch. The Holy Ghost is the generator of the power. Not you. The Holy Ghost in you. And you are the switch. They need to be lit up. You put on the switch. You are the witness to light them. The power is no good if you don't turn on the switch. You are the switch. You, we need to get this thing turned on. We have made a mistake. We keep thinking, well, we pay the preacher to do that. That's a lie. If you have received the Holy Spirit, you are the witness, not the preacher. He is to teach. But you are the witness. You have to gossip the gospel. You like to gossip? Gossip the gospel. Tell people about the Lord. When I was saved, after I got saved, you know, I went to church, and I, 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 after I went, nobody was telling, saying a word about my bell-bottom pants. But when I got to church, I looked around one day, and there was nobody in church that was wearing bell-bottom pants except me. And I said, oh, I got to get rid of my bell-bottom pants. So I told him, cut it, cut it off and make it narrow. And I got rid of my high heel shoes, you know. <laughs> and I went back to teach. And my students like, huh? what happened to you? Where is your bell button pants? Well, what happened to you? And they said, your past pencil now, you know what I mean? It's so tiny. <laughs> That's the way they call the pencil pants. That wasn't a good thing for them to say to you in those days because everybody had that, you know, the big afro and stuff. And my students would stop me. What, what, what happened to you? Why did you stop doing all of this stuff? You don't drink, you don't, you don't do it, and you change. You don't, you used to really, I used to, I'm ashamed to say this, but <laughs> I used to go to the classroom with a rod in my hand and beat on the kids. <laughs> because we could do it. Just because I can. So I stopped, I dropped my rod, and I won't touch them, and I just talked to them. We were allowed to, to spank them, you know, use the rod on them, but I won't do it, I just talked to them. And my students were amazed. They said, what happened to you? What happened to you? You know what I do in those days? I want, I'll see miracles in church. Things happen in church. And I'll tell my students. I'm not witnessing to them. I'll just tell them what happened in church. Somebody was healed. And the students, I go from classroom to classroom. 
And I'll tell one class about what happened in church. They'll stop me. They'll say, we don't want to hear anything. Just tell us what happened in church. This part. And then I'll tell them. And then the, during the short break, they will tell their fellow students. I get in the next class, and the students will say, we don't want, we don't want to listen to you teach chemistry. Tell us that story first. We need to hear that story. You told them. And I've shared this story where they put, they had me on chains, all right? Some of you heard it. My family didn't like me being saved, so they took me to a village and had me in chains. And the chains were broken. Don't want to go into the story. And the voodoo man said, take him out. I don't want him here. Uh, there were demon possessed. There was demon possessed man saying he couldn't see me, but he was yelling from the other side, that's a child of God. Don't know what all that meant. But the story went around town, and my students want to know about it. They'll tell me, we don't want you to teach chemistry. We are not interested in chemistry. Tell us what happened to the change. And I'll gossip. I'll tell them. I, sometimes I'll tell them, just be quiet. I have a responsibility. I have to teach you all chemistry. But if you are real good and you're real quiet, I will take about 15 minutes. I'll get through the principles, okay? And then uh, I'll tell you the story. And if you move a finger, another student will about bite your head off. Don't you? We got to listen to him, let him finish so we can hear the story. Some of them are preachers today. It's true. You gossip the gospel. Talk about it to friends. Share with people. Tell them what you're seeing. You are called to be a witness. You witness to what you have seen and heard, right? You don't have to quote John 3.16 all the time. Just tell them what you have seen. What you see in church. Many of us were here the other Sunday. John was here. John Hunter. We saw people here. Why don't you tell them? Go to your place of work. Share with them. You can't believe what I saw in church on Sunday. They want to hear. Amen. They want to hear. And they may come back to you. They want to hear. As you, have you seen anything like it again? And they may want to come to your church when there is a healing service. I wanted to see some miracles when I was growing up. How many of you would like to see somebody's deaf ears open? And you're right in the ear. We all want to see that. But when I see that, I like to gossip about it. Not the bad type gossip, but just talk to them about what you saw. And they will be very interested. And they want to see it. And if you tell them there is going to be a healing service, guess where they want to be? They're not coming to be healed. They want to see it. Everyone wants to see something like that. But we're not as busy anymore. We have allowed things of the world to take us off the course that God has called us, you know, to share. And we just busy and things are happening to us so it's like God said why should I punish you you only rebel more there's no need to you already moved away if I, if I, if I punish you you just, you just rebel more that's what's happening we need to come back we need to come back to sharing with people you were born to be a witness let me share this with you you were born to be a witness why did Jesus come to the world why did Jesus come to the world? Now, most Christians will tell you, I know why he came. He came to die for our sins. Wrong. That's not what Jesus said. I know it's kind of hard to hear that, but I'm going to show you from scriptures, from his own lips. That's not what he said. His mission, John 18, verse 37. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? 
Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. So he's going to tell you why he was born, right? For this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world. I left heaven for this one cause. Why? That I should bear witness to the truth. The only reason he came was to what? According to Jesus, to bear witness to the truth. That's why he was born. For this cause I was born. That's why my father sent me to the earth. That's why I was born. To bear witness to the truth. And part of it is to die. For the truth. Amen. That's his mission statement. To bear witness to the truth. He made it clear. This was at the point where he was about to go to the cross. So he knew what he was about to do. He didn't say to die on the cross, to bear witness to the truth. That's why he was born. If you are born again through Jesus, then you must find out why you were born. And if you have his DNA, then you must have been born for the same reason, to bear witness to the truth. We are more concerned about everything. Anyone can win a soul. Just tell them stories. Tell them stories about what you've seen in the church, about your life, what God is doing. Just tell them stories. You'll begin to sow seeds. Oh, what a great wonder it will be when we get to heaven one day and the guy, you see people that you spoke to years back and you walked away from and didn't know you had an impact on. And there they are in heaven and saying, I'm glad you talked to me on that day. The kids that I talked to in, uh, in that cam- on that campus, I didn't see any of them, not, not much of them saved. They are all over. When I go home, some, of, some kids walk up to me and say, I am your grandson in the Lord. I mean, I'm not talking about me. I enjoyed witnessing. There's only one thing that bothers me about my job today. You want to know? Well, I'm glad you asked anyway. I'm not around people who are not saved anymore. Most of the time, I'm dealing with people who are saved. And if I'm dealing with somebody that's not saved, it's usually quick business and, you know, let's get this done. I don't have. But when I was on campus, it was an amazing thing just working with these guys. I loved being a student. So I went for a long time. The main reason was I had the world with me on campus. I had the world with me on campus. Texas A&M, they come from everywhere. Every country, they're there with me. They're there, right there with me, and I was conscious of it. In my office in Texas A&M, while I was working on my PhD, I had students from all over the world, including mainland China, from South America, Pakistan, a Muslim fellow. And we were all in this one room with our desk. No, that was our office. And I was, in, I was not going to be quiet about this thing. If you go to Texas and talk to my professor, he knows. In fact, my professor's secretary said, I knew that you were going to be a preacher one day. And I talked to them, all of them. 
Jesus said, if you are ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven and before his angels. You don't have to say, well, I'm ashamed. Look at me, I'm ashamed of Jesus. I'm ashamed of Jesus. No, it's just close your mouth. Don't say a word when they are talking. Sometimes you're sitting there and they are saying things about the church that's not good. Your mouth is shut because you're afraid. He saw it. Today is the day of repentance. God is depending on you to bring them in. They don't have light. You are the light. They need light. One day you are going to be standing before God and those people that were around you that you didn't tell. And they're going to say, you knew about this thing and you never said the word. And you were my friend. What a friend. What a friend. There was a lot of opposition there on campus, especially in that office that I was in, in A&M. He got this guy from mainland China. He says, no God. Good luck. No God. And then he got the guy from Pakistan. He's a Muslim. And then he had a lady from India. She's a Hindu. And I'm the Christian. And then the Americans. I mean foreigners and Americans in there. And from time to time, my Muslim friend would say, good luck. Why don't you believe in our prophet Muhammad? And I, I have my Quran. I had my Quran in the office. And I'll tell him, you don't want to know. He said, yes, tell me, I want to know. And I'll pull the Quran and I'll be showing him stuff from the Quran. That doesn't make sense. I say, how can this be? If, if this is the way pro- your prophet is, saying he can marry his uh, nieces and any woman that gives us herself to him, and you tell me that this one is a greater prophet than Jesus, you are a scientist, you got to be nuts to tell me that. This guy loves women. <laughs> and I can tell you, he says, you'll be murdered in Saudi Arabia. I said, but we are in America. <laughs> I can tell you that. Doesn't make sense. That's not the kind of prophet I want to follow. The one that's marrying a nine-year-old girl, I'm not following that kind of prophet. That's rape. He gets very mad. But he will let me pray for his sick child. I said, can I pray? He said, yeah, have, go ahead, pray. The guy from China, he knew I would be in my office very early hours of the morning. One day I was in the office studying for a test. He came in early. He knew I would be there. Good luck, I have problems. He prayed with me that day to receive the Lord. And the others started teasing him. Did you, have you become a Christian? Are you also one of him? They, they did that. I don't know what's going to happen with them. But you can't. You can't hide this thing. You can't hide this thing. You got to share this. Tell those that are with you in the office. That's why God placed you there in a way. You are a witness. That's why Jesus gave birth to you. That's why Jesus came. Now look at what the Bible says of Jesus. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. He says, I'm from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. What is he called? The faithful witness. Jesus was a witness. You are a witness. You are called to be witnesses unto the Lord. You are a witness. Will God consider you a faithful witness? Think about it. How long have you been saved? 
No wonder the Bible tells us the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. We have allowed other things to choke the seed. We are so concerned about everything that's good. Yes, that's fine. But Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. The good life will be added to it. Your children will be taken care of. Your retirement will be taken care of. You don't have to worry about those. All you have to seek first is the kingdom of God. How do you do that? Be a a faithful witness for the Lord. Gossip the gospel. I mean, if I were around and I saw the things I saw, I mean, okay, I'll just tell the students. And they tell, guess what? They want to hear it. They want to hear it. When you tell them the stories about what happened, how God moved, they want to hear it. And sometimes they want to see it. They wonder what, whether what you're saying is the truth. They want to see it. And that's why God gave us that power. And He says, do some miracles. Amen. So that they have something to talk about when they get home. That's why the people were coming to Jesus. They heard about the miracles. And they get saved hearing about the miracles. They listen to him. And whatever he had to say, they listen. Now that power is never released in you until you go out. See? I hate to be sitting in the bleachers up there clapping for those guys walking down there. I want to be part of them. Even if I was picked the last person to be among them, I'd like to be in the team. That's the way it is. We have to be faithful witnesses for our God. Please, this is Christianity. We only have only, there's only one reason why we're here. After I got saved and I, I thought, you know, there would be no temptation anymore. You know? <laughs> and you'll be free, no temptation. Now it's you know, filled with joy. Yes. Holy good luck, man. Now I've become like Samuel, my friend. I can now sing, I know that heaven is mine with him. And then all of a sudden temptation came, you know. I mean, some bad thought went through my heart. Oh my God, where did that come from? And I said, God, just take me to heaven. I don't want to deal with this stuff. It doesn't happen that way. You have to live here. Why would God leave us here? With the devil and his angels, demons, because there are others that need to come in. And he says, I'll protect you. I'll give you authority over those demons. Don't be afraid of them. I'll help you during times of temptation. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff. Comfort me. I don't have anything to... But I want you to be there. So you can reach out to them. And bring them in. And bring them in. And put a smile on their face. And give them hope for their future. That's what this thing is all about. We need to recognize that God has called us to be witnesses. We need to gossip the gospel. That's where I put it. People want to talk about all kinds of things. Use that opportunity, turn it around. And God will work with it. I remember sharing with a girl, she was talking, it was in the 80s on campus. She was talking to me about how great Michael Jackson beat it. You remember the beat it stuff? I couldn't run away from beat it, beat it everywhere on campus. 
These guys were playing the beating stuff all the time. And this girl was talking to me about how this man is so great. He's made so much money and all of that. And I listened and I said, yeah, he's so wonderful. He's so great. He's done all of this. And then I turned around. I had my door open. And I said, you know, all those things will mean nothing at the end. And she said, huh? I didn't know she was a Christian. She was a baby Christian. It wasn't too long after that she got filled with the Holy Spirit and took off. You look for those opportunities and share with people. People need the Lord. And you are the switch. They need Jesus. We are His witnesses. We are His witnesses. I'm going to go down a little bit to challenge you about this. Jesus, after he began his ministry, he was walking by the seashore, and he saw these guys. They were fishers. Right? And he said, follow me, and I will what? Make you fishers of men. In other words, leave that business, come follow me. I want to change your type of business. You, guys, you were fishing for fish, but now I want you to now fish for men. And he went further and picked some others, and he started gathering people. Guess what? He's still doing the same thing today. And when you follow him, when he's through with you, what are you supposed to become? A fisher of men. Fisher of men. Has he made you one? How long will it take him to make you one? What will it take to make you one? Does he have to go back to the cross again to make you one? What more do you want? When are you going to become one? A fisher of men. When? What will it take? Do you want God to give you a Rolls Royce first before you can become a fisher of men? What would it take to make you one? When are you going to be willing to do this for him to make you one? Now, he can make you a fisher of men. He is the only one that can do it. Amen? But you have to let him. You have to follow. You have to follow to become one. And believe me, it's so easy. Just gossip the gospel. Tell the stories. Tell the stories. It's a frightening thing. If you mention the word Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, to the young people, they don't know who you're talking about. Obedidum, obey what? They don't know. You know, it's funny. Back in a third world country, they teach Bible in school. We studied all those Bible stories in, in high school. We don't let that happen here. Good, but it's also good. Good thing. Because you can just start telling the kids the stories of Samson. They never heard about it before. You understand what I'm saying? It's this wonderful story. Where did you get that story from? You're teaching them something. Amen? They don't teach them in school, so they don't know those names. They may have heard about David, but something may be a different case. 
And suddenly you don't want to talk about obedidom. They don't know what that is. But you can tell them stories. And they're listening. And what you're doing is sowing seeds, right? That will later bring fruit. This is what the gospel is all about. God is counting on you. God is counting on you. As a member of the Ark Fellowship, part of the Ark Fellowship, God is counting on you. Matthew 28, verse 18, it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things. So we have to bring them in and then teach them. The pastor teaches them, but we need to go out. Here in America, it's really hard. In, in those days, I take that back. It's not that hard. But what it is, in those days when I came to the country at first, I can knock on their doors and they'll open and let a stranger come in and sit with them and talk to them. These days, what they do is they open the door, they close. They help you. And they start by, you're not coming in here. <laughs> if you have anything to say, say it right now and be fast because I got things to do. So all you can do is give them something. Those days I used to sit with them and we'll talk. They want to ask, where are you from Africa? You have lions in Africa? You stay with lions and all that? I had to tell them, yes. We'll say Angawa to lions, you know. <laughs> and then I'll change the topic and we can talk. But it's, it's different now. So how do you reach them? Where you work? That's where they gossip the gospel. That's where they share with them. Just by telling stories. You don't have to start quoting Romans chapter 1 verse 5. And Romans this. <laughs> Forget all the Roman stuff. They'll learn that when they come to church. Just tell them stories. The things you've seen and heard. Tell them. No better witness. Just tell them what you've seen. And you'll be amazed. They'll tell another person what they heard from you. Amen. And then they'll tell another person. By the time the story gets back to you, it's a little different. But it's still a story. Because, but that's how we share the gospel. And every time we do that, there is power released. Amen? There's power there. We need to be witnesses for our Lord Jesus Christ. We are his witnesses. Let him make you a fisher of men. The apostles went out and they shared the gospel. I'm going to take this to you real good. Uh, because it's so important. That we know that the apostles were very faithful to their call. They were not back off at all. Not even if you would take their lives. They were ready to go. They would obey their master regardless. We're not talking about obeying the master anymore. All we are concerned about is my family. My family. What, what my needs are. People leave church because it's not meeting what? Not the needs of the kingdom, my needs. Right? It's my needs. That's what we're concerned about. The master takes a second place. If he doesn't make me feel good, don't want it. But what about the master? What about what makes him feel good? There's only one thing that makes him feel good. When a soul cries out to the Lord... The Bible says the angels rejoice in heaven. Right? That's what makes him feel good. I seek you first the kingdom of God. And not be ashamed 
of the gospel. It's not right for you to sit there and they are saying bad things about the church and ministers. And you're quiet. I like it when they are saying bad things about ministers or something bad happened. If there's a scandal about pastors, I know they are ready to talk. And I take advantage of it. They want to talk. They want to gossip about the pastor. Did you hear what this pastor did? Did you hear? I'll hear. Did you hear? Did you hear? I'll tell you. You want more? I'll tell you more. But it's not about the pastor. Your life is at stake as well. Actually, you change the topic. You can use that to share with them. I want you to make a commitment today to the Lord to share the gospel, everyone, if you're saved. We're talking about growth of our church. You got to be talking to somebody. You're part of this. That's we start that when we started here. We all agreed that this is where God has planted you at this time. And I'm glad God has planted you here. But it's not about our church. It's about Him. And we need to start reaching out to people. Every one of us can win a soul. Everyone. You don't have the power. He has the power. Just open your mouth. And somebody will be convinced. You can't convince them. I don't know what Samuel said to me that brought me to the Lord. I can't remember what he said. If he quoted the scripture, I don't remember it. All I knew, he was talking to me about God. That's all I can tell you. But that's what brought me to the Lord. And you can do the same. And somebody will come to the Lord. Have you won anyone to the Lord? How long have you been a believer? This is not a condemnation thing. God may be wanting to say to you, Son, daughter, why don't you start today? And make that a quest in your life. I'm going to do this for God. I tell you what. When you go out, many will reject you. That's what Jesus said. But when one agrees, and you see them in church, or they call you and say, you know, I was in church today, and I really enjoyed the service. Maybe not your church, but somewhere else. You feel this overwhelming sense of joy. Guess who is rejoicing in you? The Holy Spirit. You put a smile on your father's face. Maybe for the first time in your entire life. Since you've been born again. When you win a soul, that is what is important. How many of us will make that commitment today? First of all, thank you so much. First of all, if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need him. You really need him. And it's not hard because he's already done everything. All you have to do is say, yes, I want to be close to God. That's all you need to do. By agreeing with the gospel, I need God. If you don't know Christ, bow your head with me. If you don't know Christ as your Savior and you say, well, I want to get close to God. I want to be so near to him. I want to feel his heartbeat. That's where you are today. You really need him. Just put your hand up and I'll pray with you. Can I see your hand up? You're making a commitment to him. To serve him with all of your heart. How many of you want to do that? 
How many of you will make a commitment? Thank you. How many of you will make a commitment today? This week, if the Lord reminds you, how is he going to do it? You'll be sitting with somebody and all of a sudden a thought floats through your head. Why don't you share with this person? That's the Holy Spirit telling you. How many of you today, you can hear my voice today and you say, this week I'm going to be conscious of it. I will do that. Let me see your hand up. You're going to do that. Thank you very much. Those of you that raise your hands, you will do that. Would you stand up? Stand up before the Lord today. I appreciate you standing up. Let's forget the past. Let's move on. It's not about us. It's about the kingdom of God. You know, in my own life, I have, at the times where, when I felt I couldn't do this, that was when God really showed up. I still remember a a young man named Bob. His name was Bob. I just got back from class, and it was those days when they had these huge earphones. Remember those? The huge earphones. And they listened to their rock music. And this guy had his door open, and I walked by. I, would, I told the Lord, I'm ready to witness to anybody. That's a dangerous thing. <laughs> That's what you just did. Because <laughs> he'll bring them to you. And I, walk, I was tired. I just got back from class. I needed to rest a little bit. I walked by his room. His door was open, and he was reading. He had this big, huge earphones over his ears. And the Lord said to me, go and talk to him about Christ. I said, Lord, I just came back from class. Could you, could you just let me rest a little bit? He said, no, I want you to go talk to him. And I got back in my room. I was really restless, back and forth. And I was saying, I really, I need some rest. I, can't, I, I need to get my thoughts together. I was giving all kinds of things. Okay, I'll go. And I went to, into Bob's room. As soon as he saw me, he threw everything up. All from him, and he ran to me. I help you. I was an African fellow, this guy. So I started talking, and I was, I knew I was rambling. I wasn't saying anything. And you know what? Bob had a huge smile. He was just like that. And I said to my Satan, whisper to me, you have made a fool of yourself. He said, he's even laughing at you. You are, you are a real, idiot and I was feeling so bad and I said I need to pull myself together and start with Romans chapter 3 verse 23 and Romans chapter 6 verse 23 I had my mind made up so I stopped just to collect myself and I said "Uh, sir um, do you have any questions before I I go ahead with what I'm saying he said you know you see that I was just smiling because last night I told the Lord, if you are God and you leave, send somebody to me. And that was his answer. I left his room, went to my room. I forgot my disobedience. I said, God forgive me. And then I danced a little bit. And then I remembered I needed to give him some New Testament or whatever. He had pulled his Bible. He stopped listening to his rock music. He pulled his Bible out and was reading. No rock music. He was reading his French Bible, God has spoken to him. 
even though I didn't make sense when I spoke to him. God is calling you to a work. Amen? Amen. And those of you that have committed yourself, this week, the Lord is going to remind you, just share with people, and God is going to bring them in. They can come here, they can go somewhere else, but we need them with the Lord Jesus. Amen? Uh, prayer partners, would you please come up here? If you have any need in your life, you need somebody to agree with you, God will answer your prayer. The Bible says if two shall agree concerning anything, concerning anything that they want God to do for them, God will do it. So I need you to come up, whatever the need is. If it's financial, you have trouble with the kids, whatever it is. You can't pay your bills, whatever it is that is causing you some kind of distress. You need God and these people will pray with you. And God will answer from heaven. Amen. Please bow your head with me as we pray. In closing, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Your word says your people will be ready in your day. And we believe your day has come. And we welcome this day, your day. And we are ready to spread the gospel, to share with the world that Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. We give you praise, Father. And we honor you. Thank you, Lord. Be with your people. Bless them mightily. Meet every need in their lives. In the name of Jesus. And above that, make them powerful witnesses for you, O God. We thank you, Lord God, for this. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.